welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. Amen. Praise God. Well, who's happy to be in the house of the Lord today? Come on, how many of y'all know there's joy in the house of the Lord? All right, you may be seated. I'm starting a new series today. Give the worship team a hand this morning. Good job, team. Great, great job. Great job. Starting a brand new series this morning called The Carols of Christmas. I don't always do a Christmas uh, um, series, but I just felt impressed to do this uh, today because I do. I love this time of the year. How many of y'all love this time of the year? Lift your hand. I realize there are some people that don't love this time of the year. I told the story. is very vulnerable when I was a uh, worship pastor here at this house. I remember there was this guy. He was like, bah humbug. Worse than me, honey. And uh, I remember uh, I, was, I was kidding with the team. There's this movie out called Christmas Shoes. And I'm like, who writes a movie about Christmas where their mom's about to die and she wants these shoes? You know what I'm talking about. So I, I made up the words to this song. I want to buy these shoes for my dead mom, please. It's Christmas Eve and my mom's about to die. That's the gist of the movie. Merry Christmas, you guys. All right. If you hadn't seen it, that's what it's about. So after, afterwards, I'm, I'm making up this song. We're, we're laughing about it. He doesn't laugh. And I'm like, why? I said, why don't you like Christmas? He said, because my mom passed away on Christmas Eve 10 years ago. I felt about that big. <laughs> about that big. I felt terrible. So I do realize that it's painful time of the year. And I, I know this, that when things are good, you have a good Christmas. But when things are hard, it's hard to celebrate the birth of Christ. Would you all agree? There's some things about Christmas which I do not understand. There's songs that we sing every year. Like I told Brandy last night, she said uh, it's not awkward for her. But how, how weird is it that we sing, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus? <laughs> right? She goes, well, if you put on a suit, I'll kiss you too. I said, praise the Lord. I'm buying one tomorrow. All right? <laughs> it's just like this. Uh, I, I mean, who even thinks of, I want a hippopotamus Christmas. I mean, who thinks about this? All I think about is the Instagram feeds that I have, the hippopotamus inside of the water, you know, with its tail and dookie coming out. I'm like, if you got me one for Christmas, I'm taking it back, all right? There's things that we sing growing up. Mark and Harold, the angels shout, three more days till we get out. Now, I know those aren't the words, but that's the way I sang it because I didn't understand the ones before. How many of y'all have those songs out there that you made your own words up to? I've done that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's mine. Mark and Harold. We'd had three days left to school. On Wednesday, I'd start singing it because you get out on Friday. Mark and Harold, the angels shout, three more days till we get out. And then I would sing two more days and one more day. All right? Uh, I, I, figgy pudding. Who even knows what figgy pudding? Raise your hand if you know what figgy pudding is. You're not from here. You can't raise your hand. All right? Anybody else? Just kidding. All right, I, I bet Pastor Shannon does. That's something that they make up there in Dutch Pennsylvania. But we don't know what figgy pudding is. In fact, it doesn't even sound good. Figs and pudding don't mix. All right, Parson Brown, who even is this guy? You know, I, I wrote this down for my message. Like, I'm going to talk about who in the world is Parson Brown. Like, why in the world in the Grinch that sold Christmas on the song, why did he come up with a 39-and-a-half-foot pole? That makes no sense to me. 
Yet we sing these songs every single year. They haven't came up with any new ones. But who is Parson Brown? We're driving down the road, down Hawthorne Street, looking at all the Santas. You guys got to go down Hawthorne Street over here in in Wolfland. They got all these big Santas uh, going uh, down the road there. And she, she said, you know, I figured out who Parson Brown was. I said, this is the Lord. Because I was really wondering who Parson Brown was. Did you guys know who he was? You guys know who he was? If you don't know who he is, see Brandy right after the service, all right? You can talk to her. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I've had 40 Christmases, and not one time have I roasted chestnuts over an open fire. <laughs> Bing Crosby is asking for, uh, to let it snow and a white Christmas, and Elvis is asking for a blue one. It makes no sense to me. There's, song, there's words to these songs that we don't even realize. I love the food this time of the year. Come on. The other night, I sensed the anointing when Brandy pulled up from Terry's Bible study. And she said, I have divinity from Kay Davison. I said, glory to God. Amen. Bless me with that. Give me the whole cup. My cup overfloweth. Glory, glory to God. Jean Ann had uh, brought some pecan clusters. Oh, my gosh. They were so good. I love fudge with nuts in them. Love it. I'm planting seeds right now, so if you want to like (laughs) say Merry Christmas, Pastor, we appreciate you. Actions speak louder than words. (laughs) I love it when Heidi makes the cinnamon candy and she doesn't screw it up. She messed it up last time. I'm really mad at her, but she's going to bring me some. She promised. All right. I I, I love. How many y'all love this food this time of the year? Amen. I listen. It's Christmas. I want to shake my belly like a bowl full of jelly. Amen? Come on. Absolutely. Brandy didn't say amen, but, you know, y'all forgive her right now. I, I, I love the movies. I told you guys last week I love, I love Christmas Vacation. I love, um, gosh, I love Home Alone. In fact, this, I was humbled this last week. There's a girl that's been bringing me horses since she was a freshman at OPSU. And she was down here, and I, I just small talk while I was chewing some horses for her. And she, I said, what's your favorite Christmas movie? She said, Home Alone. There's somebody else in the barn there. And I said, I remember when I saw Home Alone in the movie theaters. And, and I said, I went and saw it. Y'all, y'all over here where the uh, United is on 45th, back in the corner where Wingstop is. Y'all remember there was a movie theater back in that corner? All right. I, and and uh, that girl looked up and she goes, oh, my gosh, that was in 1990. It wasn't until 13 years later I was born. I said, shut up. You're trying to ruin my Christmas holiday? I love the Christmas story. Like the lamp never gets old. You're going to shoot your eye out. Elf is good. I'm in the store and I'm singing. I love it. I, I love, I, obviously, I love the Grinch. Me and his heart are connected. Uh, there's parts of that, that movie that I love. I love it. Uh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. I just love the way he talks. You know, it's, it, it's a great show. The Santa Claus, we watched it the other night here. But... There's some songs, going back to some songs, like I was thinking about it, just thinking back to childhood and just different things. One song that comes to my mind is Merle Haggard, If We Make It Through December. I mean, y'all, that's a classic. Brandy's like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm kind of an old soul. If you don't like Merle Haggard, you can get out right now. No, just kidding. I'm joking, all right? Uh, The Grinch that stole Christmas. I love, you know, I love, you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You know, I wasn't going to play this morning. But is it okay if I get a guitar out? What'd you say, son? 
I love it when Chevy Chase is sitting up in the attic. Me and Anson actually sang this song a couple years ago. When he sings the Ray Charles song. Christmas is that time of year. Being with the ones we love. If you know it, sing it. Sharing so much joy and cheer. What a wonderful feeling of watching the ones we love, having so much fun. I love this song. Oh. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. If you're comfortable, sing it one more time with me. Oh, come, let us adore. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, There's another song, too, that I think has a powerful words and lyrics to it that I was thinking about last night as I was preparing for this message. Y'all forgive me because I'm very rusty. Mary, did you know that your baby boy one day walk on water Mary did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you deliver will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man? Did you know that your baby boy would calm the storms with his hand. Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know I 
I like this part. The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day roll the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect land? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. Amen. <laughs> Mary, did you know? How many of y'all know the story of Christmas is more than just about a fat, jolly Saint Nick crawling through a chimney. It's a story about a miraculous conception of a Savior coming to die for us. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, it says this, All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and we will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I also want to go ahead and share this with you just to prophesy this over our nation and over us as a church and you as a body. It says in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, it says, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned, will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I want to ask you the question this morning, do you believe in miracles? And I hope that you serve God long enough to see miracles in your life. I hope that you serve God where you see signs and wonders and you see that only the Lord could make this happen. How many of you know the birth of Christ is a miracle? Lift your hand if you know that this morning. I want us to get back to that today. It, it can't be explained by human ingenuity or natural causes. It's something that's beyond our natural minds can take. It's definitely something that's supernatural. I don't know how you can fully celebrate Christmas and the Christmas story without believing in miracles. How I many of y'all know his birth wasn't a miracle? 
His birth really wasn't. It was just like there's many ladies in this room that have had children. His birth was much, it was just like that. It was natural. But what is supernatural about it is the conception was supernatural. How many of y'all know there have been a lot of misconceptions about his conception? And there's all kinds of things that I want to talk about today. But how many of y'all know there can be misconceptions about miracles that God can do when you take him out of the equation of anything? Right? It's just like the story of evolution. When you take God out of the mix, how many of y'all know in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out forming void and darkness upon the face of the deep? That is creation. How many of y'all know creation is a miracle? It's a miracle. But when you take God out of it and you say that ooh turned to goo and we turned to monkeys and <laughs> and that's where we evolved from. How many of y'all know that's garbage? And the Word of God is the truth. And so there's some misconceptions about the conception of Jesus. And I just want to share a few of them with you that I've learned over the years and, and studied. I remember learning these things in Bible school. But there's people that believe out there. There's a Roman soldier theory. That he was the illegitimate, that Jesus was the illegitimate child of a Roman soldier that raped and had sex with Mary, and they got this child of Jesus. But how many of y'all know that's not the truth? And you can even watch YouTube videos of this and see that there's people that truly believe this to this day. How many of y'all know John chapter 8 says that the enemy is the father of lies, and he's still full of lies today? And then the second thing, there's another misconception out there, that there was a neighbor that slipped over in the night when Joseph wasn't looking. This happened in the 8th century. There's people that believe this, that he slipped over there. Maybe he had too much moonshine. I don't know. I didn't fully get into this. But there is people out there that's, that there was a neighbor that slipped through the window. And she thought that it was Joseph. And I mean, like, the Mari Povich show was not out at this time. And so we can't talk about that. But how many of y'all know that's a lie? There's people that think that it's Joseph's son, that Joseph had relationships, relation, relations with, uh, with Mary, and Jesus is the product of that. There's another one out there that, it's an, uh, uh, that he's an unknown man because even in Jesus' day, he was rejected by his own. The Bible says no good comes out of Nazareth, right? And the Word of God tells us in John chapter 6 and verse 41... The Jews then complained about him because he said in red letter, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus the son of Joseph whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? Also, we see in John chapter 8 verse 39, it says, our father is Abraham. They declared, no. Jesus replied, for if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example." Instead, you are trying to kill me because I told you the truth, which I have heard from God. Abraham never did such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. What are they saying? They're implying to Jesus that he's illegitimate. That he may be a bastard son of someone out there. But how many of y'all know he is the seed of God? I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all know he is the seed of God? The fifth thing, the, uh, another misconception about the conception of Christ is, an, in, is immaculate conception. And up until last year when Pastor Robert was teaching on defending the faith, 
I always thought I believed in the Immaculate Conception, which I was false. I did not, which I believed that it was the, that it was the egg of Mary. It was the seed of God, and it was, it was an Immaculate Conception. But when people talk about that, especially our Catholic friends, which we love, I have many Catholic friends that I love, play golf with some, enjoy them, but this is where we are going to not agree, and this is where we believe. The Immaculate Conception with the Catholics, they believe this, that it was Mary who was the Immaculate Conception, that she was sinless up until the time she had Jesus. But how many of y'all know we've all fallen short of the glory of God? Even Mary herself. The Immaculate Conception is Jesus. So if you talk about Immaculate Conception, do you believe in that? You really don't. Because you believe the Immaculate Conception was Jesus and not Mary. What, so what is the story? What is the conception? I believe, as I was praying about this and thinking about what to share with you today, Mary, did you know? Did you really know that the, the, you, you were about to have the Son of God? I think it's very important that this time of the year during the hustle and bustle and we're eat, drinking falalala lattes and eating fudge, that we, amen, I could take one right now. I'd take a lobster latte, praise the Lord, bring me one, all right? But during this time of the year that we really go back to the book of beginnings of Genesis because I believe this is where the story of Christmas really comes to pass. We know the story in Genesis where it's in the Garden of Eden. In fact, this is a perfect place. Everybody say perfect. This is a perfect place. The green is, the, the, the grass is green. Uh, the flowers are blooming and it is a beautiful place. In fact, if you read about it, this is where four rivers come together. I've studied this particular text before when Jesus said in the book of John, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. This was the design from us from the very creation that he made us, that out of those rivers, it's the, it's the, uh, the, the Gihon, the Pishon, the Tigris, and the Euphrates. And all those words have meaning and, and mean something through the power of the Holy Spirit. But this was a beautiful place. The Bible says that they walk with him in the cool of the day. Let me even go back uh, uh, to the begin very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Remember, he created the fish, and he created the animals, and he created the plants and the flowers and all those things. And God said, let us make man in our own image. And from the dust of the ground, he breathed his life into man. How many of y'all know we're creating the image of Christ? And when you study this word Adam, you know it in the Hebrew, it's red or ruddy, meaning this, that it was formed from the clay of the ground. When you look at the word human or humane, it, that's the Latin word for that, and it basically takes all 14 organisms that come from the dirt are all the same things that we have on the inside of our body. How many of you know from dust we came to dust will return? We're, we're made from the dust, and God had pity on him and said, you know what? I can't see that he'd be alone. He needs someone to help him put his underwear in the laundry basket. thought of this this morning. Actually, we wouldn't even need underwear if it wasn't for the lady. Just pointing that out. All right. All right. Just kidding. I'm going to come over here. <laughs> but how many of you know, come on, men. How many of y'all know we needed a helper out there? Men, we're, are y'all awake? How many of y'all know we needed a helper out there? That's where you lift your hand and say, glory. Yes. Preach, white boy. Yes. Thank you. All right. 
We needed a helper. And from, from our rib, he created the woman. Thank God for the woman. But what he created for them, and the Bible says he would walk with them in the cool of the day. They'd have a relationship and a friendship with God. But God told them this, if you know the story, in Genesis chapter 2, he said, there is a tree, you can have everything that you want. But it's just like in the word of God, this 10% belongs to me. This is mine. All 90 you can have. But this 1% of this tree, you can't eat of its fruit, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because I believe God gave them a gift of choice and a free will. How many of y'all thankful we still have that choice today? And we need to use it wisely. I did a podcast this last week or a couple weeks ago with Cody. I want to invite you to look at it. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so he gives them the choice. He gives them, if there was no choice to follow God, then they would follow him out of obligation and not adoration. And if you're in a relationship with the Lord today out of obligation, I guess we'll go to church because that's just the right thing to do. I'm telling you, when you have a switch out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's something about the heart that he wanted to see. Will he follow me in obedience or will he do what he wants to do? The mind is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's a choice that you and I have every single day. Can I tell you, the best marriages are the ones that love each other out of adoration and not obligation. Listen, you don't have to love someone just because on one day uh, in August, on a summer day, that you stood before a, before a woman and said, I promise to love you and cherish you. And if you're just doing that and sticking it out because your kids are in school, that's because your kids are still in school and you don't want to screw up things, that's obligation. But can I tell you what will really change? Is when you have a heart for her out of adoration. Are you guys awake this morning? And so he's saying, I want, I want them to have the choice. And you know what happens in Genesis chapter 3. The, the, the father of lies comes in snake form. And he whispers into the ear of Eve and says this. Did God really say? Can I tell you, this is where all sin happens. He whispers into our ear, did God really say? See, we can manipulate anything we want to. To make it right for us. I've talked to, uh, I, I, I've talked to people, uh, uh, grounds for divorce, stupid stuff. Talked to couples before. That, did God really say, did God say, were they manipulated? The enemy inside of their head manipulates them. You can, have a, you can talk yourself into a bad attitude with the enemy said, did God really say there's people that are doing drugs today because the enemy first said this. Did God really say? There's people looking at pornography because did, 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 did God really say? There's people that are alcoholics because it first started off with the enemy whispering in their ear. Did God really? Did he, did he really say that? These are all issues that may be on the fence, black and white, but I'm here to tell you. If you begin to serve the Lord out of adoration, you won't even have those questions in your mind. You guys awake this morning? So you know what happens is, is she whispers into the ear of Eve. She invites Adam over. They eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Here was a couple that was perfect. I was thinking about it. I was actually talking to Gabe and Don before the service. You know, that book of beginnings, the Garden of Eden, was to be a place where we were never to experience mourning. You know why it's so hard for us to get over a death of a loved one? 
God never designed from the very beginning for us to experience mourning. There's so many things that... So what happened at this place of choice, they chose sin over the Lord. So sin entered into the earth. This tree gave them the opportunity to freely love and not forced to obey. But God told them from the very beginning, if you eat of this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. How many of y'all know the wages of sin is? The wages of sin is? The wages of sin is? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You study this out in the Hebrew. He said, if you eat of this, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. What it means in the Hebrew is, is that you won't die overnight physically. Boom. That means that there will be from generation to generation to generation, every seed that is in you, Adam, from generation to today in 2023, will always have a sin nature. You don't have to be taught how to sin. It's in you. It's like teaching a fish how to swim. He swims because he's a fish. We sin because we're people. And sin entered the earth. This is not what he wanted. But every generation, he said, every generation after you will have sin. And they sinned against God. The whole human race was tainted ever since then. Sin was started then and has gone on still today through the seed of man. Aren't you thankful, though? So what happened from there, they went into the wilderness they grabbed, they, because uh, uh, they, they killed an animal. Blood had to be shed in order to cover them. Come on. How many of y'all know there was one blood lamb that died for the sins of the whole world? And God was looking for them. Where are you? Aren't you thankful? Like in that story, it's such a picture for us. I don't care if you're at the worst place of sin in your life today. You can run, but you can't hide. And you still have a God that loves you and still has a purpose for your life and a calling for you. And quit manipulating inside of your head. I've gone this far. I might as well keep going more. I'm telling you right now, we serve a God and a Savior, Jesus Christ, that's looking for you at a place that you're naked, that you're messed up. That you're, that you're at a place where you're thinking to yourself, my goodness, I can't go any further. But aren't you thankful we serve a God that pursues after us, that redeems us? And what he did was is he said it would only take one righteous person for the whole world. But there wasn't one. Because every one of them would be out of the seed of Adam. And Adam messed up. But I love this text. Open your heart this morning as I share it. Isaiah 59, 15. I want to read it to you out of the New Living Testament because I like what it says. But Isaiah 59 and verse 15. This is so powerful. I came across this this year as I was going through the one-year Bible. It says, yes, truth is gone. And anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. He was amazed to see that no one, everybody say no one, no one intervened to help, intervened to help the oppressed. Listen how powerful this is. So he himself stepped in to save them with his strong arm and his justice sustained him. Come on, who's thankful for Jesus this morning? So he knew he couldn't get anybody. So you know what our God did? My loving Savior, God said, I'll do it. I'll do it. How many of y'all know God loves you? He said, I'll do it. And what he had to do was insert himself from the human narrative. 
He had to strip himself of glory. He had to come down to our level. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 tells us that he was tempted in all ways of man, the lust of flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Yet he did not give in to any of them. He became like us. How else could he identify with us? How else could he be like us in order to pay the high price for you and me? And this inserts the Christmas story. This is where the story comes in because in John chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God cre-, or, or it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 1:14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In John 3:16, it says this: For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. So now, if you have your Bibles, go to Luke chapter 1. I want to talk about not this immaculate conception. I want to talk about this miraculous conception. Gabriel announces to Mary how this is going to happen. How can God come into the human narrative so he can be the sacrifice for us? You have to believe in miracles. Look at your neighbor and say, you have to believe in miracles. That's how. Let's read it together. Verses 31 through 35. You will conceive... And give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and you will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Can I just stop for a minute and say you might be in a place of impossibility and you're asking the Lord, how in the world are you going to get me out of this mess? Can I tell you what the angel told Mary is still true for us today? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Come on, are you awake this morning? Like you might have a son out there or a daughter that is not serving God and that you're believing him to come back to the land of the living, but it may be bigger than you. It may be look at impossible. How can this be? I'll tell you how it can be through the power of the Holy Ghost. Come on, who's awake this morning? You know what we need in America. How can it turn this around? I'll tell you, through the power of the Holy Spirit. How in the world am I going to get healing back in my body? I'll tell you, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, you ain't awake this morning. Come on, put yourself into the position that I'm talking about, the thing that may be bigger than you. Come on, somebody needs to hear this today. On December the 10th, 2023, just because it's bigger than you doesn't mean it's bigger than God. So she said, Mary asked the angel, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. For the very first time, the angel replied, sorry, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It's all right if I'm real this morning. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the son of God. What is he saying in essence as we've been talking about today? The seed of God will be implanted into this virgin. Probably 15 years old. And her humanity of Mary will be wrapped in the divinity of God. How many of y'all know he was fully God but he was also fully man? And so the question comes of this, Pastor, as I was preparing for this message, I know there's people in here 
Well, if Mary's not that big of a deal, why Mary? Was she devout? Yes. Was she faithful? Yes. Was she pure? Yes. I see through the word of God that she was humble. I see through the word of God that she was obedient. But was she perfect? No. She was not perfect. Was she the most of these things? Was she the most faithful? I believe she was. Was she most devout? I'm sure she was. Was she the most pure, the most humble? Was she the most obedient? I'm sure she was. But I want you to think about like this. What time ever in Scripture did God use perfect people ever? Yeah, once. His name is Jesus. Because that's what God does. He takes imperfect people. And he connects them to the perfect plan of Jesus. You guys awake this morning? That's all part of his plan. They were human vessels. Abraham was a human vessel. He was a liar, but he was a human vessel. Moses was a stutter. We could go all through all these things of all these, all these people that were great mighty men of God, and they're still mighty men of God today, but I'm telling you, they're still just vessels used by God, connected to his plan and purpose. Paul said this, Corinthians 1, 27 and 28, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring nothing, the things that are. Should we admire Mary? Yes. But we should never worship and pray to her. I've had this conversation with many Catholics before. What's the difference between her and David? I found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Listen, there's only one that we worship, and his name is Jesus Christ. You guys awake this morning? Because she was a sinner just like you and me. In fact, I'll point this out to you, how she was. We go through all of this. Mary visits Elizabeth. Then we go to this, this song that Mary sings in, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 46. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Notice that. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. You don't recognize God as your Savior unless you need saving. How many of y'all know she needed a Savior just like you and me? So, Pastor, what's your point? Let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Let's go back to the book of beginnings. And I'm coming to a close. Let's go back to the very beginning of what we talked about. When Adam sinned against God, sin traveled through the seed of man to every generation, including us. But Jesus was not conceived by the seed of man. He was conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the seed of God, bypassing what? He was bypassing the sin nature. So I want to ask you one more time, this Christmas holiday, even when things may not be going, you might not be having a folly jolly Christmas. Even when, right now, Santa Claus might not be coming to town with a lot of presents. Even at a time where there may be sickness and disease and we're believing God to heal your body. Can I tell you? We need to get our focus back. Do you really believe in miracles? Because the whole reason we put these reefs up and put these trees up full of lights is not because of old Saint Nick. Because of a Savior... That paid the ultimate price for you and me. Come on, are you guys awake this morning? I hope you are.
So I want to ask you the question, do you believe in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? I can hear the playing over inside of my head, the sports commentator, what was it? The Olympics, the hockey game. Do you believe in miracles? Do you? Do you? This is a miracle. Come on, let's get back to the miracle of Jesus. Can we get back to the miracle of Jesus and what he did? Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem. Everybody say redeem. That means buying you back. Those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. Go ahead and stand your feet. We sing the song, O Holy Night. The stars are brightly shining, silent night. We sing these songs. I just want to go ahead after everything that we talked about from the Garden of Eden, from obligation to adoration, the story of Christmas should change for you because that baby born 2,000 years ago, God's grand entrance into our world, laid down glory, stepped away from his throne, came in the likeness of man at our level to become like us in order to pay the ultimate price for you and me, to redeem us of our sin. So I'm going to ask you again, do you believe in miracles? I hope you do. Because the same miracle that took place then can take place today. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.